Greetings from Hannibal, Missouri. And welcome to Rivertown Review, the podcast. An informative and hopefully entertaining look at all things Hannibal. With Megan Rapp. People tend to come, visit, they like it here, they move here. And Harold Smith. In our biased viewpoint, this part of the country, this community, is an excellent place to be from. And now, Rivertown Review, the podcast. And we welcome you to episode 11. We have started on our third handful. Oh my goodness. We're so official (laughs) now here. Oh yes, we are. We are in double, we are well into double, well, well into double digits. Pretty Uh, sure this makes us podcast veterans. uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any official designation when it comes to that kind of thing, but if there isn't, there is now. There is now. We have Eleven. Just created an official designation for podcasting veterans. <laughs> uh, it is the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast. I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rapp. And uh, we, uh, uh, this time around on this particular episode, well, first of all, we begin by thanking you for joining us from wherever you have chosen to join us. Uh, and uh, be sure and leave us another review as you have left us so many kind reviews up to this point. <laughs> but is it vote early, vote often? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's how they vote in Illinois. But they, you know, that's, that's, a, that's another story. Uh, but, so uh, yes, uh, comment and, and give us reviews early and, and often yes. so that your friends and family and enemies, anyone, can find us. People you don't particularly like at all, but, but they, will, they, they will like this. Uh, if they want to know about all things Hannibal, uh, again, uh, a couple of mantras here. Uh, if you've never been to Hannibal, we want you to come. If you've been to Hannibal, we want you to come back. If you'd like to relocate here, then we'd like for you to come live here. Uh, those are that, That's one of our mantras. Our other mantra, is, of course, is our Mark Twain quote. Oh, yes. All you need in this life is ignorance and confidence, and then success is sure. Yes. Absolutely. We're pretty sure we have at least half of those down. Um, at, at least. <laughs> at least. Yeah, well, I got... Possibly 75% of them. Uh, yeah, possibly so. Uh, but uh, no, we have uh, uh, had uh, a good many interesting people. And uh, this one, this episode will be no exception. Linda, no pressure at all uh, on this. Linda Colbert is with us from uh, Mark Twain Cave. Good morning. And uh, we, we welcome you. Uh, and, uh, and we do know that people do tend to listen to podcasts. Sometimes you go through like a marathon. You might be driving somewhere. Mm-hmm. You might be listening to four or five of them. It, it could be the day before Christmas. It could be, you know, Thanksgiving. It could be whatever nearby holiday. But as of right now, while we are recording this podcast, mm-hmm. we have just survived yes. <laughs> another <laughs> National Tom Sawyer Days in Hannibal, which... Mm-hmm. Probably our listeners will know that um, it is one of the biggest festivals that Hannibal has. Been going on for over 60 years now. I want to say 63, 63. Some, some, something silly like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As of, yes, as of now, yes, over 60 years. And 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 you've been calling Hoots games. Yeah, you've, you've, that's uh, between Tom Sawyer, National Tom Sawyer Days and the Hannibal Hoots. It, it's, yeah, we're all kind of running on fumes here. Just so you know, this in case the the perkiness level, perkiness meter doesn't move very much here in the next little bit. Uh, that that that's why. It, I was going to say in case we we tend to you know meander more than usual. <laughs> oh no! It's because if, we're all if, if we ender, yeah, we, if we meandering more than usual. Oh oh no! You well, better the, better buckle up. Then folks. we'll just get right back. We're yeah. just going to go right in a circle. Uh, just that, that's right. We you know, get into the the labyrinth cave or something. Yeah. <laughs> 
which is a speaking of caves. Speaking of caves. That speaking was, that of was caves. a great intro. <laughs> uh, when we do what we can. Well, on our last episode, of course, we talked. We had John Wingate in with us on episode ten, talking about the Lost Boys of Hannibal, talking about the the caves and uh, uh, the cave system uh, around Hannibal, and the what the the first show cave in the state of missouri yes the, the first cave. uh-huh yeah. the very first one so. yeah linda linda of course she is the the proprietor of uh, at uh, mark twain cave not just mark twain cave you actually have two caves there on your complex yes there's cameron cave that was discovered in 1925 and it is still uh as it was when it was discovered except for a few handrails so it's the geological tour as mark twain is the historical tour so we do have we do have two caves so this town is full of caves as john oh. wingate eludes to and as we advertise constantly so well and 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 you know, honestly, the the last podcast that that's kind of a sad story. It is. So you know, we want to give folks yeah let's, uh, a, it, a positive reason. Yeah, coming out of that episode, going, oh man, yeah, we need to need to perk them oh, back up a sad. little bit. Yeah. Well, but wait, yes. you can go into caves with guides with and it's safe. Guides? And I can't believe with that, lights <laughs> with yeah. lights headsets. Yeah, imagine that uh, intercom system. So yeah. and fun stories. I, so. I can't, I'm so disappointed. I didn't realize that Cameron Cave, those handrails are not natural formations. <laughs> I just, are not natural formations. Oh, yes. Man. Who'd yes. have thunk it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are stalag pipes. Stalag pipes. Stalag pipes. Yes. Yeah. We are educational, if nothing else. Yeah, People have now to learn have about. Nothing to do with stalag tights and stalag mites. So no. there no. they go. The, horizontal yeah of course that, that took me you know in you know grade school science class you know of course the the difference what you know the difference between the stalactite and the stalagmite learning which one is which mm-hmm, the uh, mites and the tights huh? uh, yeah the to it uh, stalactite has to hang on tight because it hangs from the ceiling and so therefore the stalagmite comes up from the floor you were paying attention that day well i tried you mm-hmm. know that that particular one day out of you know 12 years uh, it's you know, caught your attention in science class, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I, I was just gonna say. I, th- I think you probably just did your homework before Linda came. <laughs> yeah, I did my research. Yeah, yes. I figured figured it, it might come up on a pop quiz. So I think that most people, when they think of caves, they don't really imagine them being owned by any any one person or one entity. Can you tell us a little bit when we say that Linda is the owner of the cave? What does that mean? How did how did how did someone or some family uh, come to own said cave? I, I think that's quite a story in itself, isn't it? It kind of is. And in the National Cave Association, a lot of the show caves across the United States are family owned. Very few, if any, are corporation. They're family. They've either come down through the generation or. Another family has bought it from a previous family. But uh, Mark Twain and Cameron uh, uh, Cave land was purchased from the mainland family who owned what is Sawyer's Creek now. And when that property across the fence line came available, Granddad Cameron bought that bought that land from um, Mr. Mainland. And so just down through the generations, uh, one family member after another has taken over the cave. And a lot of times that family member has had what you might want to call a day job. And after they retire from their day job, then they manage the cave until 
someone else comes along, another generation comes along. And that is the way it is in so many of the show caves across, across the nation. Uh, one family member, and they worked there when they were a kid, so then they grow up into the cave business and running one, um, um, so maintenance work on one, you know. It just, it just becomes part of them. So it is. So it's kind of, I mean, it's like any other family business in that it's passed, passed down from, from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So, so as far as your, your family is concerned, uh, how long, how far back do, does your family's involvement with the cave go? Uh, 1923 was when Granddad Cameron purchased that cave from mm-hmm. Mr. Mainland. So we've been in it almost, um, almost a hundred years. It won't, won't uh-huh. be long. That's the discovery right. of Mark Twain Cave uh, coincides with the birthday of Hannibal. The same exact year, we're celebrating Hannibal's 200th birthday next year, and we begin every tour out of the cave. With this cave was discovered on a cold, snowy day, the winter of 1819, 1820. So uh, now, now, uh, now, obviously, in 1819, 1820, it was not. I was it, not it, it there. Was, it was well, no. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say, Linda. Okay. I was Linda not has going had to her say that. Today. Yes, yeah. Well, that, that, that makes one I of us in the that room. Innuendo. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't would not dream of that. No, no, no. Uh, obviously, when it was discovered, it was not me. Oh, this is Mark Twain Cave. Obviously not. No, there, there's oh, my there's my hole in the ground. There's my Captain Obvious for the, for the morning. But it wasn't long after that discovery that young Samuel Clemens yes. and his friends were scouting around and going down the river and walking down the pathway going down the river and not discovered it of course but just knew about it and so they went in to play and, the, and that's the rest one is of, history one of the things that uh, that we have talked about on previous episodes is that uh, the, the time that mark swain spent in hannibal forming uh, the basis for the characters and the happenings of what we saw in the adventures of Tom Sawyer, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, and all of the rest. And one of those things is his time in what is now Mark Twain Cave. It's amazing. That young man was four years old when he moved here, 17 when he left. That's not but 13 years to span the history of time from his writings to present day to influence um, Mark Twain... um, readers historians geologists i mean that's 13 years is nothing in comparison to the age of the discovery and the mark he made in 13 years and he was a kid at that time that's amazing you know so then he writes about it when he's he's 40 and once again when he's 60 and you know on and on it's it's amazing yeah so so uh, of course one of the the marquee things in the adventures of Tom Sawyer is Tom and Becky getting lost in the cave. And so one would presume that Sam and Laura mm-hmm. got lost in the cave at some point. At some point. Well, they're bound to get lost at some point. Oh, sure. You know, there, there, of course, is no electricity. Of course, there wasn't any preparation and going a lot of times. They just decided they would go. Of and course, whatever... their parents had no problem with the children. <laughs> yeah. Of course, they had no food. That's a whole separate yeah. yeah. Oh, of course yeah. They had. Yes. Anybody that's ever had children, mm-hmm. yeah, you tell them. I can't imagine. I I can only I can only assume. So we're talking about 1840s, 1850s here. I can only assume 
that the women were just tired. They all had like, nine children. Yeah, and right. just, you know, in the middle of summertime, it's hot anyway. Of course, there was no air conditioning. Like you said, of course, there's no electricity. Mm-hmm. I, I can imagine that they were so sleep deprived. They're like, fine. You know what? Just, just, that's fine. Walk, walk two miles and go play in a very dark hole in the ground, which a dark may pool. or may not. Just, just, cool. just be home for supper. Just be home for supper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all we. That's all we ask. Yeah, I mean, they they had no provisions for the most part. They just went to play and got in there. They didn't have. They barely had string, or they had. You know, they didn't have anything to to uh, sprinkle down the passageways. Nothing. It's so easy to get lost in there. You know. It's not anymore because it's electrified and it's and it's very easy to get around in there. We we do host the uh, the baseball players and after a few minutes of our guides kind of pointing the direction, which way is up, down, round, back and forth, the uh, ball team is is good to go and they don't get lost. But you know, without electricity, <laughs> and I've been in there without electricity on cave night with my flashlight has uh, lost all of its battery and oh. I was where I wasn't supposed to be by myself. Oh, no. Yes. Don't take your And advice. I will not ever get in that position again. So. No, yeah, they, everybody that they, they has experienced it, and during the tour, they do that briefly. They, they shut they, all the lights off, give you an idea. Do. And that to to it's incredibly black. Oh you yeah, know. yeah. You so. can't. Well, it was the, you cannot see your hand in front of your own face. Literally, it, absolutely, it, you can't. You can't so well, and so uh, you know, I, I think some. If any of our listeners have not had a chance yet to experience Mark Twain Cave, which obviously we recommend that they do so. Anybody? Well, I'd say anybody that's been in fourth grade within what a hundred mile radius has probably been to Mark Twain Cave on a field trip at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Probably so. Yeah. Anybody who's ever been in fourth grade <laughs> within a anywhere 100 mile radius mm-hmm. has oh, I was say, yeah that's you learn about mark twain in in the state of mm-hmm. missouri maybe yeah if, you, mm-hmm. if you're state history class state mm-hmm. history class mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. but you know for for those people who are thinking well how would you get lost in a cave a cave is just a hole in the ground will you explain a little bit how mark twain cave is very different from anyone like expecting to walk in having a giant mm-hmm. there know, is no giant like yeah, no structure. rotunda in this cave it is a complete labyrinth cave there's 260 passages and they intersect just like a baseball hitting a windshield and it just shattering like that um oh that's a really good description yeah (laughs) yes you've thought about that haven't you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or sometimes you've seen a dried up mud hole where the mud is just all cracked in Mm -hmm. little tiny squares and and things like that that's how it is it is a labyrinth we're one of the few labyrinth caves uh in the world and one one or two maybe in the united states that we know about well in in john wingate's book he talks about uh, about well murphy's cave that was the original uh, focus of the search for the for the lost boys talks mm-hmm. about that being a, a labyrinth cave mm-hmm. and just just right there nearby this, this whole area must be just filled with one kind of cave labyrinth caves whereas so many of them uh, some of them in the association have um uh concerts in their rotunda room Mm -hmm. so um and they have kind of uh one way in the same way out so you make a great big circle we're lucky that we go in one and come out another entrance so if there's ever any kind of uh, 
you know, we think about the Lost Boys in the uh, over in Thailand right now. Yes. You know, there might have been one way in and and out. We've got we've got multiple, you know, ins and outs of the cave. Thank you for joining us for the Hannibal Rivertown Review Podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Also, for comments and suggestions, you can email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com and visit us at rivertownreview.com and Rivertown Review on Facebook. So you said that it was discovered uh, on a snowy on a snowy evening. Mm-hmm. How 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 was it discovered, and who discovered it? Well, glad you asked. <laughs> we figured you might know that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, as our tour goes, uh, Jack Sims, who had moved to the area uh, late in the fall, um, hadn't had a chance to plant anything, so all they could do for food that winter was to hunt. And so they were out on a hunting expedition with their dog when their dog chased a panther in a hole in the ground, and the rest is history. So they went in, you know, just barely. The dog ran in. Arf, 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 until they couldn't hear the dog bark anymore. <laughs> so they, <laughs> so they, you didn't see the hand gestures here, but yeah, anyway, sound you effects, can imagine them. You get, you get the sound effects and, no, and hand gestures at no extra charge. Yeah, yeah we throw so, that in for anyway, free. Anyway, the dogs, uh, their, their, their sound muffled, and pretty soon it was uh, non-existent. So they assumed like, they came a across hole. a cave and so they came back the next day with torches and the like and went in just part way and discovered yes indeed it was and so and so it, it has been entirely um mapped by geologists from the university of chicago um, back in the 40s and and it is a big hill and so when you come to the outer limits of the hill you're done so there's no explanation on why is there more is there more is there more no it just goes because the hill's done so you, the hill then is you done. run out of hill you run out of cave yeah you're outside and you're not and in a cave anymore yeah, no exactly unless Funny you get in, unless you get into a corn yes. into a, a cornfield and you they've got a corn maze set up then you go right from one labyrinth to another but, still different type uh, still uh, a corn labyrinth yeah, no there's sunlight yeah. there yeah mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't mm-hmm. have a flashlight mm-hmm. so same way with cameron cave two years later uh, after the uh, family bonnet from the mainland family um just out um, pasturing cows. They came up on steam coming up from Cameron. So here we go again. They have a little <laughs> exploration of a few family members, this time just um, Uncle Arch and Granddad Cameron and uh, uh, Margaret Cameron um, went in and discovered a whole nother cave. So it's, uh, you know, you're still connected. No, not connected. So now, now you mentioned the difference between the two caves. That Cameron Cave is a geological cave. What, what's the what's the difference? Well, it has no historical uh, significance through the writings of Mark Twain. Okay. It is such a new cave. It's kind of the newest show cave uh, in our association. And it, it does not have any history other than Granddad discovering it in 1925 okay. and planting mushrooms back there in the back and harvesting mushrooms and, you know, <laughs> finding the state... 
the state uh, uh, crinoid in there and so everything else what we have a state crinoid we do we do so <laughs> wow we are educational yes we wait, are wait, wait 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 what is the state crinoid that i cannot tell you <laughs> but I it can be found in cameron cave it can be and i kind of know where it is but i do not know it's scientific oh, so it's still the, name. i guess it, well yes. it, it wouldn't be something that you pick up and take with you yes. it would be so when you go the through there it's strictly geological this is this kind of a formation this is this kind of rock this is this kind of a stalactite okay. this you look up there and you daydream and you think oh that looks like a fox head you know so some people have had enough time in cameron cave that they can point to almost anything in there and say mm, look at that that is our fox head mm, this is a toilet seat <laughs> they seem to always do that this it's like watching clouds yeah like that's right yeah clouds drifting Except by with with light deprivation <laughs> <laughs> okay okay ladies and gentlemen then this is a great big giant ice cream cone and this is a great look at this this looks like an elephant's ear you think she's so, done this once or twice before have i been in Maybe. the cameron cave a time or two a few times a few times but that cave is on half the property and twice as many passages so when you think about labyrinth i do not go in there unescorted oh no i don't i just don't i haven't been in it i've been in it less than 50 times i suppose somewhere around 50 times but i do not go in there unescorted and there's no power over there so you do have to take plenty of uh light source and it used to be they carried kerosene lanterns gasoline lanterns whatever those old things were before my time and then uh, lanterns, uh, the old Coleman lanterns, and now we've graduated to flashlights. It's not as fun uh, to think that you're carrying a lantern in Cameron Cave, but you could not spotlight anything with with a lantern because of the hood that comes down over the sure. top of it. So now you give these little flashlights that aren't any fun at all, other than you get to keep them, and you can sp- hey. shine that flashlight up there on that elephant's ear or on that Or the toilet ice- seat or whatever. No, I wasn't yes. going there, but <laughs> the, the giant ice cream cone with all the sparklies in it and, and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, so are there regular, I, know, I mean, I know there's regular tours for Mark Twain Cave. Are there regular tours for Cameron Cave also? Yes, there is. There's five every day. In the summertime, there's more upon request if you uh, get a group together and want to go there specifically. But yes, most of our guides can guide both caves. Uh, some don't. Don't they prefer not to? But most of it's almost like the whitewashing of the fence thing. The more you say, "Oh yeah, you you probably wouldn't want to do it because it's dark and stuff." Oh yes, I do want to do it. I do want to learn Cameron the, Cave. The Sawyer effect. It's, it's Sawyer the effect. Sawyer effect. I, I <laughs> love that. She term. knows the Sawyer effect. I yes. do. Anybody into marketing knows the mm-hmm. Sawyer effect. Yeah, you, you betcha. Yes. Yeah. And so. and something else that you have done over the years is that, of course. I mean, everybody, I mean, the Mark Twain Cave, Cameron Cave, they are, of course, magnets for tourists and the curious and that kind of thing. But you have, have created some other things going on to make the, the cave complex uh, more of a, of a destination. Uh, so, so it's not just coming to see mm-hmm. the cave. Yeah. Uh, back in the 70s, the late 70s, the family um, uh, turned some of the uh, flat ground into a nice campground and that campground has 99 camping spots i guess they could not eke out one more to make a 100 but doesn't matter it sounds more interesting that way yes 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 and so that was so wise on their part i every day i when i think about i thank them for uh you know going through the motions of 
digging and uh, digging lines and sewer lines and electrical lines and things like that because um, right now camping is up. Uh, more and more motorhomes are being purchased. Uh, Wall Street Journal just a couple weeks ago said it was on a, a steep incline. So, And there seems to be fewer campgrounds for whatever reason. And so you kind of almost have to plan your destination to where the campgrounds are unless you s- spend the night in a Walmart parking lot. But they don't have sewer in the Walmart parking lots. No, they we, don't. we do. <laughs> not that we're aware of anyway. Yeah, so they did that in the late 70s and then in the in the 90s the family uh, built a bridge that crosses the little what I call Bear Creek. It's not officially part of Bear Creek. It's Fall Creek, but I like to call it Bear Creek. Anyway, um, cr- built a bridge that crossed the little creek down there for cars to go over and they built three buildings. A little one, a middle-sized one, and a great big daddy-sized building up there. (laughs) And so the emphasis being a rock shop and what started out to be an ice cream parlor. And then this other mega building over here that was... I'm not sure. But anyway, in that, yeah, it's, it's if you build it, they will it come. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, been, it's been a number of different things. It has been. I think it's found its niche now. It yes. is a winery yes. that serves only Missouri-made wines. And um, now you, part, you Missouri part, part, partnered with a, a winery out of the Macon area. Out of Macon. I don't make it. I do not know the recipe for it. I just know one day he sent me out for 91 pounds of sugar. Mm. So to sweeten the um, innocent broad or whatever, uh, but yes, Which I do. Is the name of a wine. We're not actually sweetening. Oh yes, up. No. yes, yes. An actual well, innocent broad. Yeah. Well, taken from Mark Twain's book <laughs> *Innocence Abroad*. Exactly. You know. Yes, because of course, that's not all... as fun <laughs> as calling wine an innocent broad. So <laughs> it's. I, I have to say, I, I enjoy. I enjoy the wine. The wine names, of course, they are obviously they all have Mark Twain tie, mm-hmm. and they are ones you can only get at Cave Hollow West Winery. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. partnered with a young man over at Macon, Missouri. He was. I, I've done this now for. Uh, since 12, I think, 2012. And he was a young 30-something back then. I don't even think he's 40 now, but he might be. But he comes from the apple orchard business with apple butter and stuff. So he started making apple wine and fruit wine and this and that. And I just discovered him on a fluke chance. And it could not have been a better partnership i love it still today and he makes me wine that i ask for and some that i don't ask for Mm. and you know and but you know there's a lot of people who have a lot of different tastes mine run on the sweet side but i have to have some this over here that i don't like that's on the dry (laughs) side you know so he says linda you you have to have some of this stuff you gotta have all so we have uh, the ones that i do specifically out at the winery do have some connection with Mark Twain and it's uh, the name of the wine and then the uh, the back of the bottle has uh, something written on the back that pertains to the name and how it got there the name the jumping frog mississippi rolling red all has to do with something that is tied to samuel clement and mark twain so as far as the cave is concerned of course uh, the other businesses the winery they have uh, seasonal hours and that sort of thing but the cave itself is uh, you're open all year long we are open all year long and uh, in the summertime we have probably 35 employees 
give or take a few and in the winter we probably have five or six you know but we hire very nice of you to keep the cave cool in the summer and warm in the winter well it's my 52 degrees all year round my privilege warmest place in town in the winter time and the coolest place in town in the summer yes we hire the tom and beckys a lot of times to guide at the cave they've had experience with the program here in town and if you're new to hannibal it's a wonderful wonderful program uh, sponsored by the museum and you are to be 12 it comes through the school so that's where they first that's where they're first initiated to the idea of becoming a tom or becky and it gives those students who are interested an opportunity to learn more of the history of hannibal which is so so wonderful so interesting and so many different facets but it gives them speaking abilities they're they're taught how to uh talk in front of a group they're taught mannerisms they they are the most wonderful ambassadors every town should have some kind of a program that fits their needs like the tom and becky program it is absolutely wonderful and so we get a lot of those kids because they already know the history they already know how to talk in front of a group and uh they're just wonderful they're usually very good students they're they come from uh Families who are Hannibal folks, they know the importance of the program, they know the history of Hannibal, um, and we get those those kids every year until they're out of high school and sometimes out of college. There you go. Yeah. Megan, we have done it again. We just keep getting interesting people in I, here. Why do, why do we do that? Uh, what is the... On it. Yeah, we just, yeah, we, can't we have a clunker in here somewhere? But <laughs> We have no clunkers no, here. There yeah, no, there clunkers. are no clunkers in Hannibal. There's, 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 there's no clunking in Hannibal <laughs> eh, or, or something like or something that. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, between the information that we learned about the cave and the ringing endorsement of the Tom Becky program, which is something that we really haven't even talked about yet. Yeah, on this, that on kind, of, kind, of, kind of gives us an idea about what the next episode might hey, be. You never you know. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. you wanted to know about Tom Sawyer and Becky Thatcher, but we're afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. Something like mm-hmm. that. Something. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we are, well, I shouldn't say we're out of time because, you know, podcasts, you know, we go as long, we go to we run make out. this as long as we want. Yes, we can. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, but you reach a point where people, you know, eyeballs start to glaze over. I mean, <laughs> people can only take so much edumacation at one time. Hey, they learned about stalactites today. Yes, and that Missouri has a state crinoid. That's it. I Let mean, us know yeah. what that is. Just, sure. you know, shoot, shoot us an email at rivertownreview at gmail.com. Or you can post it on our Facebook page. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Free yeah. round of applause for the first person to you know, post yeah. what our state crinoid <laughs> yeah, audiences say, yeah. might be glazing over but but megan and i can talk about hannibal all day so oh, you absolutely know? and mm-hmm. i just kind of sit here and just kind of run the controls and, and kind of nod and smile <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. yeah. no. no 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 there there is it is it, there is interesting stuff uh, abounding as people who are who have uh, found the Rivertown Review are well aware and yes. uh, it's our job to just make and just keep bringing these folks in 
to uh, visit about uh, what they know about. Linda Colbert, thank you so much. Absolutely, anytime. For, for being with us. And uh, be sure and listen, upload, leave us a nice review. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah, you have a lot of listening to do now that we've done 11 of these. That's right. If this The binge is just getting, you know, I, I binged listened at once, and that we were only about five or six episodes in at that point, so I got, I got to go do it again. See, there you go. Yeah. We, um, we, again, thank you for listening, and please leave us some reviews. Share us with friends, enemies, whomever. Whomever, the website, the Facebook page, do all of that. Yes. And until next time, I'm I'm Harold Smith. And I'm Megan Rupp. And we, again, thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you for joining us for Rivertown Review, the podcast. For more information on all things Hannibal, visit our website, rivertownreview.com. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at rivertownreview at gmail.com. And be sure and join Megan and Harold next time for Rivertown Review, the podcast.